Good afternoon. Welcome to this afternoon's edition of the Rich Urban Show. I am your host, Rich Urban, coming to you from historic Harpersbury, West Virginia. We bring you news and views from God's point of view. Today's episode is Seek First the Kingdom. And today I'd like to give an overview of how God is really working, even though things seem pretty dismal and confused and sometimes not hopeful. I believe God is working and that this all will be rectified. I don't just believe it, but I see it and know it. So let's start this edition with the scripture reading from Reverend Sun Myung Moon. This reading is from the Chun Sung Gyang, the collected works of Reverend Sun Myung Moon, the original version. Established Christian churches are making a big fuss because I said that Jesus is my disciple, but they will see everything when they go to the spirit world. Why do I say such things when I know clearly that doing so will cause me to be inundated with curses? How about the established Christian churches? Through Unification Church members, I'll clean up anything that is unclean in their back rooms and hold worship services transcending all denominations. After this, I'll go to the spirit world. I'll go there after completing that transdenominational worship. You may not know this, but there are already a large number of ministers using our principle. Some of them read the divine principle on a blanket, and when a deacon or elder comes in, they quickly hide it underneath the blanket, and then take it out again when they leave, and read it all night. They memorize it and diligently use it. Autumn leaves do not fall all at once. Do they fall all at once? They do not. They fall one by one rather than as a whole bunch. Although they fall one by one, before long the tree, once clothed with green, is left with no leaves. Whether they know it or not, I'm dealing with things in that way. That's from page this is 291 to 292. So a lot of Christian leaders didn't pay attention to what Riverman was saying. Um, some did. I have some good friends, you know, who did. But others, a lot of others did not, or maybe they secretly used some of the materials but never, you know, credited um, Reverend Sum Young Moon. So I think a lot of uh, churches, by the time, you know, 2019 rolled around and 2020 and the whole COVID situation, they were, you know, caught by surprise when the um, freedom of worship was curtailed. And, you know, I'd like to explain with the next quote, you know, how I see. In a way, you know, although that is the work of the devil, curtailing freedom of religion and constitutional freedoms, at times God can use that work. So let's read this quote from the Divine Principle book, three-color edition. The Soviet Union, a nation on Satan's side, participated in the Second World War on God's side. How was it possible? When medieval society could not fulfill its providential purpose, it became a hindrance to both God's side and Satan's side, which then divided and began developing along paths leading to maturation of the democratic world and the communist world. The Cain type and Abel type view of life worked in tandem to break down medieval feudal society and later absolute monarchy and imperialism. Just as God's providence progresses while riding on the currents of its time, Satan's effort to build an unprincipled imitation of the ideal world is also bound to the currents of its time. 
When the prevailing social order obstructs the formation of new societies, including those furthering Satan's goals, Satan joins in the fight to destroy it. In a similar fashion, fascism had become an obstacle to both Satan's side and God's side. Because the province of restoration through indemnity required that God temporarily permit Satan's side to form the communist world, the Soviet Union in the Second World War was allowed to join forces with the nations on God's side to destroy fascism nor that it might quickly build up its communist state. Nevertheless, as soon as the Second World War was over, the communist world and the democratic world separated like oil and water. So a lot of churches are focused on their own self-interest in reality. You know, maybe the problems of their members, they try to address those. There's nothing inherently wrong with that per se. But the the a process or thought of seeking first the kingdom of God and its righteousness, Matthew 6.33, has been largely lost. So, you know, when I meet people in my neighborhood, a lot of people say, oh, you're working toward the kingdom. Let's see how we can work together. Great, Richard. Uh, no, what people usually say, who go to many churches say is, oh, yeah, I have my own church. Uh, okay, well, let's see. Shouldn't we work together to make our community better? Well, you know, in other words, it's selfish. It's not centered on the higher purpose of building, you know, the kingdom on earth. So I think that when the lockdowns came, you know, some churches like those who are strong, they fought for that. And they, you know, even went to jail and different things happened, but they're still going strong and gaining strength. But many other churches shut down and are barely restarting now a year later, or maybe they close their doors for good. So is that good or bad? Well, you could say it's bad, you know, and that Satan knocked them out. But on the other hand, if they're not really doing the work of building the kingdom, you know, only God can say ultimately whether that's good or bad. I do believe, though, there is a new wave of Christianity that has come. And this is the kingdom-building movement. I believe this is a culturally engaged, not I believe, it is a culturally engaged Christian movement. So we see, for instance, the Health and Freedom Summit organized by Clay Clark in Tulsa, Oklahoma, uh, just this uh, past April, uh, about you know less than a month ago. So we see people fighting for freedom of religion, freedom of conscience, fighting against the you know, um, godless and unnecessary and tyrannical lockdowns and against damaging our children's health and against, you know, sexual exploitation, too, of children and so many other things. You can find that, by the way, on CloudHub, C-L-O-U-T-H-U-B.com. So I recommend you join there. There's other Christian um, leaders and groups like Alana Newman, she has put on for a couple years now the Health Freedom Summit. I highly recommend it. It's an excellent um, summit. You know, if you didn't see it or would like to purchase it, you'll surely, surely, surely learn from the speakers that are there at the Health Freedom Summit. So this is this is an area that's engaging the culture. You know, constitutional God-given freedoms, health freedoms, truth about vaccination and so much more and it's also you know done in a way that is God-centered and carry out Christ's spirit 
then this weekend, on Mother's Day weekend, you have the conference on um, by Patrick Coffin, you know, in res at restoring the culture, you know, dot org, where you can um, watch the conference or purchase it for future watching. And this also is obviously is a Christian conference, but also is a conference that is addressing many of the cultural issues or really freedom issues. So I see these as the new Christianity. Real Christianity engages a culture. And then you have Lance Wall now. You know, he has some excellent materials. Also, it's about engaging the culture. He's best known for, you know, writing God's Chaos Candidate, predicting before President Trump was the candidate that he would be God's Chaos Candidate. And he was right. So you have all these um, new Christian trends. And they're not like about, oh, my church, my prosperity, my good fortune, but about building the kingdom. We have to engage the culture. So I think that's a very hopeful trend. And these movements are only gaining steam through this type of censorship and oppression that we're seeing, seeing now. Also, or as you can see, we're working toward that here at Vision Root and with Urban Life Training, which has the mission to help youth to learn and be leaders who promote the benefits of sexual absence for marriage and to help community leaders set up such programs and train them. So that's, I think, one of the elements that's missing in the whole, uh, so far, in the uh, new Christian movement is that there's not enough understanding of absolute sexual ethics. So I'd like to read a quote from Reverend Samuel Moon about that now. What was the single word, the one and only commandment God gave to Adam and Eve, the first ancestors, upon their creation? It was the commandment and blessing to maintain an absolute standard of sexual purity until God's approval of their marriage. We find the basis for this in the Bible passage that indicates that Adam and Eve would surely die on the day they ate of the fruit of the knowledge of good and evil. If they had refrained from eating and observed heaven's commandment, they would have perfected their character and as co-creators stood with God the creator as his equals. Furthermore, they would have taken dominion over the creation, become the lords of the universe, enjoying eternal and ideal happiness. It was God's blessing that he told them to preserve their purity so that they could wed as his true children through his marriage blessing become true husband and wife, become true parents, and give birth to true children. This knowledge deepens our understanding of this commandment is connected with the principle of absoluteness and conjugal love, which is a principle of God's creation. The profound truth within God's commandment is laid hidden throughout history. Human beings must inherit and live by a model absolute sexual purity that is intrinsic to God's ideal for creation. This is so that they might perfect their individuality as God's children and establish themselves as lords of creation. So I think it is helpful that now the um, that area is getting more focus. Even I know at the Health and, Health and Freedom Summit with Clay Clark, there was a, uh, a new movie coming out on uh, like the uh, sexual exploitation of children. But we have to have an even deeper understanding of these things. I know these things are also being more exposed within and without the church. There's certainly movement in Catholicism where people are exposing the uh, sexual corruption and in other churches too. 
And so these things are happening both within and outside the church. So we have to understand more clearly. Like Reverend said, a new age has come. So if you study the principle, and I recommend, and I've linked in the written underneath, I'll link in this video, you can find out, you know, I recommend the, the speech I quoted from just now, which is a family rooted in absolute sexual ethics, which is a model for God's absoluteness, peace, and ideal in the global kingdom. And also the diagram, two-hour lecture manual of the divine principle or unification principle. This gives a basic outline. What is God's purpose of creation? What is the fall of man, as I've just read in the speech, that has not been understood in Christianity? It's certainly not just eating an apple. It has to do with keeping the commandment of sexual purity. And this is so fundamental to God's plan that it's intrinsic, meaning it cannot be done without. But yet, most Christians don't realize this. They must realize it. And there's a divided Christianity between the culturally engaged Christians, like the ones I just mentioned, you know, whether it be Clay Clark or Lon Newman or Patrick Coffin, Lance Wallnow, and those who think, oh, Christ is coming back, and when he comes, we'll all be resurrected again. Hallelujah. So, I mean, yeah, I vote, but hey, no big deal. Uh, everything's going to be rectified anyway. Uh, no, sorry, everything, yeah, well, sorry and not sorry. Yeah, everything's going to be rectified, but will it take, you know, 10 years or 1,000 years? In other words, it depends on human engagement and responsibility. Are you going to become culturally engaged? That's a very convenient cop-out. You know, I have Christian friends like that. Oh, yeah, well, there's all these calamities in the world because it's the last days. And when Christ comes, then we'll all be resurrected. What? That is a cop-out. How about in getting engaged in the community, like the people I just mentioned? You know, how about helping teach sexual abstinence at your local school, form a chapter of Urban Life Training? How about getting involved in one of the numerous, you know, movements? How about fighting for health freedom in your state if you're ready not? You know, end these draconian mandates if you still have them. And like in West Virginia, forced vaccination. Those are issues that have to be dealt with. You know, so Christians, real Christians, are culturally engaged, and they must be. And I'm going to talk about in my next episode about what I think will happen, that, you know, this, this falseness is not going to go on forever. The culturally engaged Christians are bringing to light these things, whether it be for voter integrity, health freedom, and all of the above. But we've got to do our part. And I... It's been a huge disservice and mistake for many pastors not to pay attention, and not just pastors, people, to the work of Reverend Sun Myung Moon. I know if you're a younger person, you know, I'm of the older generation, but if you're younger, you might have never heard of Reverend Sun Myung Moon. You might say, who's that? Well, I never heard of it. Well, that's a problem, maybe. Or if you go to an older pastor and talk to him, say, hey, pastor, what do you think of Reverend Moon? He might go, oh! I mean, that's unfortunate. But anyway, as you know, through the freedom movement, you can think for yourself. So read the materials I recommended, please. Give me your feedback. If you don't agree with me, fine. Glad. Glad to receive your comments. Anyway, do be blessed. I'm very happy to bring you this installment, which is talking about Seek First the Kingdom. And thank you for listening. I am Richard Urban, reporting for Historic Harpers Ferry, and we will see you next time.